Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We are in week number two of a series that we have entitled X's and O's, God's Playbook for Relationships. And we're talking about relationships because our relationships are a very big deal. In fact, we believe that our relationships, that they actually determine the quality and the direction of our lives. So if you think about that, the people that are in your life, the people that are in your circle, those are the people that are really determining the quality and the direction of your life. But here's the good news. The Bible, God's playbook, He's actually not silent about relationships. This book is full of truths cover to cover about our relationships. So in this series, what we're doing is we're opening up God's playbook and we're looking at some things, some plays, some X's and O's from God's playbook that will help us win in our relationships. And last week, we started this series by talking about having the right depth chart. That no matter your relationship status, that God has to be first on your depth chart. And then your spouse or your future spouse needs to be second on that depth chart. And if you missed that message, I can't encourage you enough to go back and check it out. Uh, You can actually watch it on our YouTube channel or you can listen to it on an audio podcast that's on Apple and Spotify. But go back and listen to it if you miss it because it really set the foundation for the rest of our messages. And so that's what we talked about last week, having the right depth chart. But this week, We're going to be talking about, and write this message title down if you're taking notes, the greatest need of the opposite sex. That's what we're going to be talking about today, the greatest need of the opposite sex. Men, what if today, on Valentine's Day, I could tell you the greatest need of every woman? Women, What are you here today? You're watching online. What if today on Valentine's Day, I could tell you the greatest need of every man? And some of you are like, listen, I already know. That's easy. It's on his mind all the time. That's not what we're talking about today. Um, But let me tell you my goal today. Here's my goal. Here's my burden. My burden today is just to practically help you. Um, like, listen, like I, I even, I even remixed so much of the message yesterday, uh, because I felt on my heart that God just wanted me to help you. I'm not here to like inspire you. I'm not here to impress you. I'm here and I'm asking God to use me in a way to help you and to practically help you in your relationships. Um, and just so you know, this message will be primarily through the context and the perspective of marriage, but here's what I realized. There's a lot of people that are on at church, there's a lot of people that are watching right now that aren't married. And the temptation for you over the next few minutes will be to say, you know what, this message isn't for me. This doesn't apply to me. And I'm just saying that's just not true. In fact, think about this. We pay thousands of dollars 
and go into massive debt that we have to pay off for decades. Some of you are in that right now, and we spend years of our life in college learning and preparing to have a career before we ever have a job. And so we do that when it comes to professionally. Why not relationally? Because the truth is, there's no better time to learn about marriage God's way than before you're married. That's called being proactive. That's called being smart. That's called wisdom. And the Bible talks a lot about this. Let me just rapid fire three different scriptures for you. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20, it says this, get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise the rest of your life. In Proverbs 18, verse 15, it says, intelligent people. Just by show of hands today, how many of you want to be lumped up into that category? You want to be an intelligent person. Okay, me too. The Bible says intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. And then Proverbs chapter 20, verse 18, it says, plans, relationships, marriages, plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. Now, I am not saying that marriage is war, but I am saying it is smart to be proactive and to, and that's called wisdom. And truthfully, like today's content is not exclusively a husband and wife thing. This is a male, female thing. So this really will apply to any guy-girl relationship. Okay, now way back in the day, in 1986, there was a guy by the name of Dr. John Gottman that at the University of Washington, he began studying married couples. And he did this study, and he called where he did this the Love Lab. You can actually go and research this and find information on this. And over the last 35 years, they have in-depth studied in the Love Lab over 3,000 couples. And after all this relational research, they've concluded that scientifically there are two key ingredients for a successful marriage. And when these two key ingredients are present, the marriage they deem as successful And when these two things are not present, they say most of the time, statistically, scientifically, that marriage is not successful. And by the way, this was across the board. It didn't matter their age. It didn't matter how long they've been married, whether they were newlyweds or they've been married for decades. It didn't matter whether they had kids or not, or personality type, or how they handled conflict or their economic status, this was true across the board. They discovered that success in marriage, scientifically, could be narrowed down to two things being present, love and respect. That if those two things were present, the marriage would succeed, and when they weren't, they wouldn't succeed. Now, in Ephesians chapter five, The Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and I know it was through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit because your boy Paul was single. Because he talks about marriage in Ephesians chapter 5. Again, this is not a man, a single man writing about marriage. This is a man, the Holy Spirit through a man, writing about marriage. It's really important to know that. 
And it says this in Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to read a big chunk of verses right here. And it says this in verse 21. It says, And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In verse 22, it says, For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He, Jesus, is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so the wives should submit to your husband in everything. And he just breaks down three verses specifically to wives. Then he goes nine verses on the fellows. This is what it says in verse 25. It says, for husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her. I love the message paraphrase. It says, a love that's marked by giving, not getting. And he says in verse 26, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives, I love this, as they love their own bodies. You know that that was written to a man. Because truthfully, it doesn't matter how much we let ourselves go, how big that guts get. When we walk by a mirror, we suck that thing up, we'd be like, you still got it. Absolutely. Like, you're just like, oh, yeah. Still got it. Still got it. It says, for a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. And then we're going to laser focus into this last verse, verse 33. Remember the love lab, 3,000 couples, 35 years, scientific, statistical data. Thousands of years ago, the Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote this. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So biblically and scientifically, the greatest need of every woman is to be loved. Write that down. The greatest need of every woman is to be loved. That's why girls give sex to get love, and that's why guys give love to get sex. And by the way, if you're single in here, single girls, you are worth so much more than that. You need to know that. You are worth so much more than that. You don't have to give anything to get love. In fact, true love gives, not takes. That's why John 3, 16, one of the most famous verses in all the Bible, it says, for God so loved the world that he did what people do when they're in love, they give. That for God so loved the world that he gave. Because true love gives, not takes. But you're maybe sitting there saying, yeah, but Pastor Brian, he tells me that he loves me. He loves me. Listen, he does not love you. He loves him. He does not love you. He lusts you. He does not love you. 
So I'm giving you permission just for a few seconds to check out of this message. Go watch the podcast afterwards. And just go ahead and get on your phone and break up with him right now, okay? <laughs> just do the text. It's over. My pastor said to break up with you. Put it on me. That's cool. I can handle it. So the greatest need of every woman is to be loved. But on the other hand, the greatest need of every man is to be respected. So I don't know about you, but when I see that sentence, here's one of my first questions. So why did Aretha Franklin, a woman, write this song, R-E-S-P-E-C-T? She didn't. A man named Otis Redding did two years earlier. So the greatest need of every man is to be respected. And make no mistake about it, here's what we have to understand, is that these are needs, not wants. And it's very important for you and I to know the difference between what they need and what they want. Listen, a car does not want gas, it needs gas. A flower does not want water and sunshine. It needs water and sunshine. And love and respect are not things that they want. It's things that they need. And because our greatest needs are different, because that's how we see the world, it's so easy to not give the other person what they need. And so oftentimes, we spend our lives not giving them what they need, and we end up in what I call the crazy cycle. And they're going to put this up on the screen right now. And this is what this kind of looks like. Whenever you don't respond with how they need it, it's like without love, she'll end up reacting without respect. And then without respect, he's going to in turn react without love. And then when she doesn't feel loved, her response is going to be, well, you know what? I'm going to hold back respect. And when he feels disrespected, then he's going to react without love and where she reacts without respect. And then he react. you see and round and round this crazy cycle goes and where it stops, nobody knows. We often find ourselves right there in this crazy cycle and it's called the crazy cycle because you're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that, my friends, is the definition of insanity. And by the way, this could be a picture of what your relationship is right now. This could be a picture of what your marriage looks like right now, just stuck on repeat. In fact, I would bet that a lot of your relational issues and problems and drama and conflict are a result of this, where men, you just say, I will love my woman after she respects me. But then at, at the same time, women, you're saying, I will respect my man after he loves me. Let me just ask you a question. How's that working for you? And I want you to hear this loud and clear. This is not God's plan for your marriage. This is not God's plan for your relationships. Like your marriages, your relationships, it doesn't have to look like that. So the question is, how, how, how do we get out of that cycle? Well, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, it says that each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And in this one verse, it comes this timeless truth that men, 
I challenge you, if you want to get out of that, give unconditional love. Unconditional. No strings attached. You don't have to treat me a certain way. I'm giving you unconditional love. And women, I challenge you to give unconditional respect. If you want to get out of that cycle, you got to do both. you got to give unconditional love and give unconditional respect. And if you do that, I'm telling you, you can avoid the crazy cycle. And when you do that, you can find yourself in a brand new cycle. I call it the energizing cycle. And you can see this. It's where his love... It actually motivates her respect, which then in turn motivates his love. And then when she feels love, she'll give her respect. And then when he feels respect, he'll give love. And round and round that cycle goes, and everything is all good. And it's so important to be able to know that that is possible. This is what a picture of your marriage can be. This is what your relationships could look like. This is what your relationships with anybody that is in the opposite. It can look like that. That that's God's plan for your relationships and for your marriage. So the big question is, is how? So how can, like what does that practically look like? How can my relationships look like that energizing cycle and not that crazy cycle? Like men, what would it practically look like? For you in your day-to-day life to give unconditional love, women, what would it practically look like for you in your day-to-day life to give unconditional respect? I'm so glad you asked. Let me kind of rapid fire some thoughts at you. Like I literally changed this yesterday because I felt like I just wanted to practically help you. And so I'm just going to warn you straight up. You're about to get a lot of content. I'm about to fly through some stuff and some of you are note takers. And if you don't get everything, you kind of want to crawl under a table and you start sweating a little bit. I promise you that if you don't write everything down, we're going to keep putting stuff up. And so it's going to feel like taking a sip of water out of a fire hydrant. But I promise you that at the very end, I'll tell you and you can take a picture, okay? So we're going to do a running list of how to give unconditional love and then how to give unconditional respect. So men, let's start with you. What would it practically look like for you to give unconditional love? And I'm just going to rapid fire some thoughts. We're going to put them all on the screen. And women... I need you to feel free to amen me as much as you can whenever, whenever it's good, okay? So that's what I, I need your help too in this, okay? So men, what would it practically look like for us to give unconditional love? Here's some, here's some just things to put on the list. Give her security. Give her security. In other words, your relationship, it needs to be safe. It needs to be a secure place that's not shaky and all over the place and volatile. You need to give her security. Here's a few more. Be there for her. Take care of her. Provide for her. Protect her and protect her heart. Like men, understand your responsibility and take ownership of what Proverbs 4.28 says that says guard your heart, guard her heart above all else because you know that when you do that that her heart is so important because it it determines the course of her life so protect her and her heart 
A few more. Be consistent. Be trustworthy. Like, listen, men, follow through. Like, do the things you say you're going to do. Don't be that guy. Thank you. Don't be that guy that overpromises and underdelivers over and over again. Rather be the person that underpromises and overdelivers. It's so important to be trustworthy. Here's another one give her intimacy. And just so we're clear, your idea of intimacy is probably different than her idea of intimacy. So if you're like, I have no clue what that means, like just ask. Like what? Like what does that mean to you? Just be a student. Just be ask questions. But give her intimacy. Men, let me just tell you straight up. She spells love T-I-M-E. It's not just quantity of time. It is quality time. It's eye contact. It's not being on your phone, scrolling all the time. Like you beside her on the couch watching the ball game, scrolling. That is not the idea of like, oh, that's a, that's a good time. It's very intimate. Another one, listen to her. Because she's talking. <laughs> Think about this. Think about it. In James, it says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Yeah. And, you know, God has given us two ears and one mouth. I think for a reason. And I think it's so that we can listen twice as much as we, as we speak. And so listen to her. Like, let me just with the megaphone say this real quick because I've, like, I've personally experienced this. Like, she doesn't need you to fix all her problems. She just needs you to shut up and listen because I go into problem-solving mode because I can solve some problems. Tell me your problems. I'll tell you what to do about that. Let me tell you what to do at work. Let me tell you how to handle that situation. Let me tell you how to parent those kids. Let me, let me just go ahead and just tell you straight up. Okay, you want to know about money? Let me tell you about money. I can dive into that. She doesn't want that. She just wants you to listen. She, like, she's like, don't, please don't fix my problems right now. Don't, don't you pastor me. Don't you do that. Like, listen, next time she starts to vent, just, just do this. Just say, I'm so sorry that happened to you, sweetheart. Add the sweetheart. Write it. Write that down. Take notes. <laughs> I'm so sorry that happened to you, sweetheart. I've felt that way before, too. And that's it. Just walk away. Just make eye contact. That's it. You don't say nothing else? Don't have to fix nothing? Just say that. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you guys. A few more. Just apologize to her. You want a, you want a practical way how to give unconditional love? Apologize. Even if that's hard. You want me to tell you why it's hard? Why it's hard sometimes for a man to apologize? Because for women, when you apologize, it's an act of love. But for men, it's a sign of like, like maybe you won't respect me. And the love and the respect come into play there. But men, I'm telling you, 
When you make a mistake, own it. Say, I'm sorry. Those are powerful words. I'm sorry. When you don't make a mistake, still say, I'm sorry. (laughs) Just apologize to her. Here's another one. Give her affection. Give her affection. And by the way, affection is not sex. Affection can lead to sex, but it is not sex. Try this sometime. This next time your, uh, your, your wife is in the, in the kitchen, maybe doing something, maybe doing the dishes, cooking something, something, just go up behind her, just give a hug. Maybe do a little shoulder massage. And then say, I love you so much. And then walk away. Write that down, guys. I'm telling you. I'm helping you today. I'm helping you today. Guys, like, that's it? We're stopping there? Yes, yes, that's it. Walk away. Walk away. So give her affection. Um, Two more, two more. Be faithful. Be faithful. Husbands, your wife needs to know that she knows that she knows. That on your wedding day, when you looked her in the eyes and said that you would love her for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do you part, that those were more than just words, that those were more than just promises, that those were vows before God that you really meant, that are just as true and as faithful and just as rock solid today as they were then. Like She needs to know. That in this sex-saturated, easy access to porn, where you are one accidental click away, that you will always be faithful to her. She needs to know that just like Job 31 verse 1 says, that, that you have made a covenant with your eyes not to look with lust upon a girl. It's really important. For you to be faithful. And here's the last one. Men, if you want to show unconditional love, here's a really practical way. You be the spiritual leader. You be the spiritual leader. Men of Queen City Church, I challenge you to step up and be the man that God has called you to be and lead the way spiritually. To prioritize God. To prioritize church. Like, don't be the person that's constantly being dragged and always have to be talked into it. No, you lead the way. You make it a priority. Let's go after God as much as we can and make it a priority because I've learned what isn't a priority will eventually become optional. So men, go through Grow Track. You lead the way. If your family hasn't done it, that's okay. You step up and say, I'm going to go through Grow Track. I'm going to serve. I'm going to jump on the dream team. I'm going to find a place to contribute. I'm going to jump into small groups. I'm going to be generous, and I'm going to lead the way. Come on, man. Let's get as close as we can to God, and let's go after God, and let's be the leaders that he has called us to be. Let us be men. That say with conviction these words from Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. But as for me, not just me, but me and my family, we will, not that we might, we will serve the Lord. Be the spiritual leader of your family. That's it. That's the list. So if you want to take a picture, that's it. That's the list for that. Because this is some of the many ways that you can give unconditional love. And all the ladies said a big amen. amen. Thank you. All right, women, it's your turn. 
What would it practically look like for you in your day-to-day life to give unconditional respect? And man, if you're in here, I need you to give me some bassy, low-tone amens <laughs> when it's good, okay? This is, this is your chance, fellas. What, so what would it practically look like to give unconditional respect? Again, rapid fire, some stuff. Tell him that you appreciate him. It's really important. Tell him that you appreciate him, that you appreciate how he provides, how he protects, how he adds value to you and to your family. Tell him that you see him, that you see what he does, and that you appreciate what he does. Tell him that what he does, not only that you appreciate, but that it matters, that it matters. And here's a big one, like recognize his hard work. And when he's putting in the hard work, recognize it. Say, I see it. Because from the beginning, we were made to work hard. In fact, if you go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 2, the second chapter of the Bible, in verse 7 and 8, it says this, Then the Lord God formed the man, Adam, from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. So the question is, why did God put Adam in the garden? And seven verses later, in verse 15, listen to what it says. It says that the Lord God, he took the man, and he put him in the garden of Eden. And here's why. To work. To work it and take care, take care of it. So going back all the way to the creation of the world in Genesis. Man is called and he's wired by God to work hard and have fruit from his labor. In fact, this is before Eve. So what that tells me is that God gave man a job before he gave him a woman. So ladies, don't get you a man before he gets himself a job. Hello. That's some wisdom right there. That's, that's Bible. But seriously, he needs you to know and recognize his hard work. It's really important how he provides. Here's the next one. Be his biggest fan. Like, be his biggest fan, whatever he's doing. Whatever he's doing, it's so important just to be his biggest fan. If he plays, like, in a men's softball league, go there and act like it's game seven of the World Series. (laughs) That's my man that just legged out that double. Way to go. (laughs) Catch that pop fly, you know. If he plays fantasy football, it's like, I knew you were going to win that. I knew that you were going to win this week. Did you win? Like, care about it. Just be his biggest fan. You're so smart. You're so strategic. I knew you were going to win that league. It's great. Be his biggest fan. See, when, when Heather encourages me after the first service, you know, we have, we have two services in the morning. So like after the nine o'clock, if she encourages me, I'm telling you, I'm so fired up and ready to go for the 11. Now listen, a lot of people can compliment me or 
say things about that and recognize, great message, all that, thank you, that's awesome. And it means the world, it really does. But it's just different when she says it. I'm just telling, there's so, it just, it just matters. And it's, it's, it's something that is so special for me. It's just different, more powerful. Okay, a couple more. Encourage him when he's doing a good job. Like we need to know when we're doing a good job. By the way, that, that applies so much even more than just, you know, like a husband-wife relationship or a girlfriend-boyfriend. or do that. I mean, even like at our jobs, if you're a boss, tell people that when they're doing a good job. Like it's really important because we need to know that we're doing a good job. By the way, just look at the list so far. Like this is the psychological reason behind cheerleaders. <laughs> Pretty sure it's like all just like, go you, you're awesome. You hear that? <laughs> they're all cheering for me. That's it. I think it's like the psychological reason. But encourage him when he's doing a good job. And here's something else. Encourage what you want to see in him. Maybe it's not there yet. But, like you, but encourage what you want to see in him. Like wives, you may not realize, but you are the prophet in your home. You can literally speak things into existence that aren't there. And men will rise to the occasion because you believed in him. A great example is that if you want him to spend more time with the kids, don't tell him how bad of a dad that he's being and that he doesn't spend enough time with the kids. Instead, say something like this, you are such a great dad. And it's so obvious that the kids love spending time with you. In fact, the more time they can get with you, the better. And watch him step up. Listen, you cannot shame a man into action. So don't tell him, don't tell him who he's not. Tell him who he is. Tell him what you see on the inside of him. Call out the greatness inside of him and watch him step up. In fact, you need to realize that your words are powerful. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, all are words. It says this, that your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. So it's so important for you to be able to not just encourage what he's doing, but encourage what you see in him. Here's a few more. Uh, let's see. Three more. Three more. Okay. Here's the next one. Hang out with him. Just hang out. Guys love to hang out. We don't have to talk either. <laughs> like we can just hang out. In fact, guys, tell me if this is true. Amen. This is this true. You can be close to a guy and like you never talk. Like I played sports with guys. It's like we never have a conversation, but like that's my boy. That guy, he's, he's my guy. He's my guy. You, you guys close? Oh, yeah. What do you know about him? Nothing. I, I know nothing about him. We literally just played a sport together. So, like, we love just to hang out. In fact, I, I, I call it like a nothing box. And I, pers- I just want to, like, we invite you into our nothing box. And when we're in our nothing box, we're literally thinking and doing nothing. I know that's hard for you to comprehend. When you ask, what are you thinking? And we answer nothing, it's really nothing. Like there's nothing going on up here. (laughs) Nothing. We're doing nothing, thinking nothing. It's our our nothing box. And we love our nothing box. 
And sometimes it's awesome if you just want to come hang out in our nothing box and think nothing with us and do nothing with us. But just hang out with us. Here's another one. This is actually really important. Do something that he likes with him. Uh, Because this is just kind of a little bit of psychology. We often like bond and feel close side by side, not just face to face. And so like do something that, that he likes with him. And finally, if you're married, have sex a lot. Guys are like, this is my favorite Sunday ever. This is, <laughs> I love this church. Um, so women, this is some of the many ways you can give unconditional respect. If you want to take a picture, you can take a picture of that while it's up there. That's the full list. And the fellas said a big amen. Amen. Now, let me end with this. Let me end with this. Um, I know that was fun. Hopefully it was helpful. Like that, I mean, my heart is that it's very helpful. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's cool that we laugh a little bit in church and have some fun. And I think so much of the, the laughter comes because it's so true. And it's like, oh, yeah, like that's, kind of, yeah, that's, that's real true. It's, it's funny, but it's true. Um, but really, my, my, my goal today was just to help you. But uh, here's what I know. I know that there's a very high chance that maybe you're watching online or you're here right in the room at Memorial Hall and right now you may be in church and you may have a smile on your face and you might have really enjoyed worship today and you know, you're taking notes but you find yourself right now in the middle of that crazy cycle and like that's a picture of your relationship right now that's a picture of your marriage right now. And not only that, it's been that for a while. And it just feels like you're in this cycle and this stuck in a rut that you can't get out of. That no matter how you try, you're like, I understand the principles. I see, thank you, University of Washington Love Lab for all the stats. Thank you, the Apostle Paul for writing that. But I don't see any way that my relationship can look like that. Because we're stuck in this crazy cycle of no love and no respect. And it just keeps going every single day. So what do you do today if that's you? If you find yourself like deep down, man, if only we could talk over a cup of coffee, you just describe my relationship. And truthfully, even though I hear all that stuff, I don't see a way that I can get out of that. If that's you, Let me just practically challenge you with one thing, just one thing, that if that's you and you see all those different tips and all these ways to unconditional love and unconditional respect, let me just challenge you with this. Regardless of what the other person does, you go first. You make the decision right now, today, I'm going first. Regardless of what the other person does, regardless of whether or not they deserve it or not, Regardless if you feel like doing it, I'm going to take the initiative and going and I'm going to go first, especially if you don't feel like it. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be somebody that's always led by my feelings. I don't. No, I want my choices to lead the way and then my feelings are going to follow. I don't want my feelings to lead the way and then my choices follow my feelings. 
I want my feelings to follow my choices. Don't feel your way into action. Act your way into feeling. And listen, here's what I want you to get. Especially if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus. You can go first. I want you to hear that. You can. You can go first. And here's why. And this is true for every person right now. You can go first because Jesus already went first for you. Think about it. He didn't wait for you to go to him. He came to you. In fact, in Romans chapter five, verse eight, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, before we ever said yes, before we ever made the decision to receive, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, he did it first. He did it first. And get this, even when he didn't feel like it. In Matthew chapter 26, in verse 39, right before he goes to the cross to pay for our sins, this is what Jesus prays. He says, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Like, I don't want to go through that. I don't feel like doing this. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. See, Jesus went first. And you want to know why he went first, even when he didn't feel like it? Because his calling was way more important than his comfort. Because he loved you so much. And listen, I know we're in church and you hear some things like that, like, oh, he loves you, God loves you, Jesus loves you. And like, it just, I feel like so many times it just bounces off our heart, bounces off our mind, bounces off our soul because it's peppered in so much into what we say. But you want to know why he went first, even when he didn't feel like it, even while we were still sinners, before he would even have the, not even a promise that we would even say yes. Because he deeply loves you so much and he cares so much and he wants the relationship with you so much that he says even if they don't accept it it's still worth it and i'm going first and because jesus went first for us we can then in return go first with others i want you to bow your head and close your eyes we do this every week but it's really important because we we don't just want to have this Sunday experience. We want our Sundays to affect our Mondays. And so if you're here right now, you're watching online, I want you to right there, just pray this prayer. Just say, God, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me right now? Ask him this, what does my response need to be to this message? Maybe your response is to go first. Maybe as soon as church is over, there needs to be a race on who can go first. But maybe you're here and you've never made what we believe is the most important decision of your life. The decision to put God first. The decision to say yes to Jesus, to give him your life, to start or to restart a relationship with him. For you to right now receive what Jesus already paid for when he went first. And I'm not talking about saying yes to religion, 
I'm not saying yes. I'm not talking about saying yes to a list of do's and don'ts. I'm not saying yes to joining a church. I'm talking about saying yes to a relationship with God. And maybe you're here and you had that in the past, but it slipped away. Or maybe you're here and you've never had a relationship with God. And you feel so far from him. And today you just need a fresh start. Listen, today is your day. And we're not going to point you out. We're not going to make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. All I want to do is lead you in a simple prayer. And if you want to be included in that prayer, if you know today I've got to get right with God, I need to say yes. I want a relationship with him. I want to give him my life. If you're here and you know that is your choice, whether it's for the first time or maybe I'm just coming back to God. If you're here and that's you, I just want to pray a simple prayer with you. And if you want to be included in that prayer, I'm going to ask you to do one thing with every eye closed. I'm going to ask you to just simply put your hand in the air on the count of three and say, that's me. Include me in that prayer. I think it's so important that you take that step of faith. It's for you and God. And so if you're here and that's you, you know that's your decision today. Boldly put your hand in the air on the count of three. One, two, three. Just put it up and say, that's me. That's me. I got you. I got you. I got you. Anybody else? Anybody else? It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. You can put your hand down. If you're watching online, that's awesome. Won't you pray this in your heart? Just pray this simple prayer. Just say, Jesus, I need you. And I'm sorry if I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside of me? Will you do what I can't do? Will you change me? And will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. Tell them this. Say, I give you my life. He said, I give you my life. And I choose today to follow you. We thank you so much for Jesus. And it's through the awesome, powerful name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. As Nat and Jazz come out to close our service, church, I do want you to know that there's some people that just made an amazing decision. So can we clap our hands and celebrate with them? Come on, like you've never done it before. We're so proud of you. It's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.